The reading is taken from Acts chapter 2 and starts at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, I wonder how you're doing. Different people react in different ways. Some are relishing a slower pace of life during this lockdown. Others are struggling and focusing more on survival. Some people are very bored. Some people feel like they're drowning either through work or the pressures of family life. If I'm honest, I hit a bit of a wall myself last week. For four or five weeks it's been fine, but then it suddenly became very, very difficult. Life was tedious, work was very hard to get motivated about, and it just became a hard slog. It was my most difficult time so far of the lockdown. It was the author Maya Angelou who wrote, The ache for home lives in all of us, the place where we can go as we are and not be questioned. Well, after five weeks of lockdown in the same home, I'm not sure that Angelou's picture of what home means rings quite so true as it did. Home to some people can feel like a prison rather than a place of refuge and a haven to retreat to. Homeschooling for some, a home office for others, and for some, home alone. Our perspective may have changed somewhat over the past few weeks. One of the tragedies of the last week itself has been the dramatic increase in reports of domestic abuse across the UK. The comedian Robin Williams, who sadly took his own life, concluded that, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is ending up with people who make you feel all alone. And yet at the same time, our need for belonging has been thrown into sharp relief. Those isolated by themselves may crave human company or touch, while others may be fed up of the family members they're confined with. But the truth is that we are built to belong, and that has never been felt more keenly. Brené Brown summed it up when she said, that a deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically and spiritually wired to love, to love and to belong. Wouldn't it be amazing if one of the lasting legacies of COVID-19 was a greater sense of community, society and relationships? Because at the moment, we yearn for what we cannot do, a hug with a newborn grandchild, 
celebrating with a couple on their wedding day or saying goodbye at the hospital bedside, graveside or crematorium with a loved one who is dying or who sadly has died. The reality is that increasingly we are missing one another, even the people who drive us bananas. I miss the office banter. I miss getting ready to go out for work or to go for a coffee. I miss football, rugby and cricket. I miss driving my car and I miss normal church. But above all, I miss people. I miss you. Because relationships are at the heart of who we are as human beings. They're at the heart of the Christian faith because God is a God of relationships. We're made to relate to each other, but primarily to relate to him. And it's striking that it was the quality of their relationships that marked out the first Christian communities. In Acts chapter 2, where Luke begins to explore and explain the story of the beginning of the church, we get this short description of the early church that Rosemary read for us a few moments ago. It's just a few weeks after the death and resurrection of Jesus. They're still in Jerusalem. Now there are over 3,000 of them who are following Jesus. It's still dangerous to become a follower of Jesus. The Jewish and Roman authorities are still nervous and could and would be ruthless in persecuting these first followers of Jesus. But the quality of their life together was deeply attractive and magnetic. It's an eye-opening window into authentic Christianity. And we see three things about them. It's a committed church, a generous church, and a growing church. Firstly, a committed church in verses 42 and 43. Luke tells us, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Bound together in adversity, this early fledgling church finds a new sense of community and commitment. They're devoted, devoted to the apostles' teaching as they hear the eleven tell stories about what it was like to be with Jesus, what it was like to see Jesus, what it was like to hear Jesus teach, what it was like to see Jesus do miracles, how Jesus related to people, how Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. They were devoted, Luke tells us, to the fellowship. The Greek word is koinonia, which isn't about holding hands and singing kumbaya, but it's about a deeply set of committed sacrificial relationships. Luke tells us they're devoted to the breaking of bread as they eat together and remember the death of Jesus as just a few days before he transformed the words of the Passover supper and said, this bread is my body broken for you. And they're devoted also to prayer as they deepen their reliance on God and one another and deepen their relationships with God and each other. And it really was an awesome church, a word that has become overused in our culture, but this was an awesome church as everybody was filled with awe as they saw signs and wonders. 
So it's a committed church. Secondly, verses 44 and 45, it's a generous church. We'll look at this in more detail next week. But generosity was one of the marks of the early church. Luke tells us they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone as they had need. Remember, this is a fundamentally agricultural society where whole families and generations might depend upon a piece of land and where land equates with food, status and influence. And the ownership of land might make the difference between marriage or not, survival or not. And for people to sell land was a very significant development. But it was this generosity that was also deeply attractive because thirdly and finally Luke tells us in verses 46 and 47 and the Lord added to their number daily. Even though it was life-threatening to join this community, even though it could mean social isolation of a very different kind, people joined the church. Within just a few months of these words, the church would be over 20,000 people in Jerusalem alone. Despite the threat of persecution, despite the shadow of death, people joined and still join the church. And it's that kind of committed, generous and deeply attractive living that has always characterised the church at its best whether it was the beginning of hospitals or hospices that began through churches, whether it was the revolutionising of attitudes in society to women, children or slavery, which the church led in countercultural ways. Following Jesus and joining his community has always been deeply challenging but also attractive. One writer, F.R. Maltby, famously summed it up with these words, that Jesus promised his followers three things. They would be absurdly happy, they would be completely fearless, and they would be in constant trouble. And Jesus makes the same promises to us today. In lockdown pandemic 2020, and challenges us, you and me, to live generous and committed lives that look to Jesus for hope, strength, peace and love. That believe just in the same way that these early Christians believed that Jesus is alive, that he was raised from the dead and that by his spirit, God himself is at work and alive and active in the lives of people today, primarily through the church. Our need for relationships has never felt more deep. Our need for a relationship with God, perhaps, has never been more profound. Jesus asks us to live those lives of generous, committed faith, even though we may hit a wall, even though we may feel alone. He promises that he is there with us, virtually and in reality, and invites us into that life with him.